You're listening to a podcast from Blogging Heads TV. Hi, Mickey. Hey, Bob. Is, is that Mr. Potato Head you're holding up? I mean, it's a it, real potato. It is. It's it's a. a uh, this is the potato. Biden era, Bob, and we're we're talking about things like Mr. Potato Head now. Are we? I missed it. Did somebody uh, talk about Mr. Potato Head? Yes, Mr. Hasbro has declared that Mr. Potato Head is now going to be gender neutral. Mm-hmm. You can make of him what you want. Does the ad jingle still go funny, Mr. Potato Head? <laughs> I don't know, but uh, this is a suitably androgynous Mr. Potato Head. Well, I've I've always and, referred to my potatoes as they because there's eh, there's always a lot of them. Uh, and but I thought we would. Carry this. Uh, I, I'm going to try to get canceled with Mr. Potato Head here. Did this make a splash? Does this mean I've been out oh, of yeah. the loop? Oh yeah, total splash. You're, you're completely out of it. Oh geez, this uh, is bad. And and we have here. You have, got two. Okay, so yeah, definitely they. You got two but, Mr. Potato Heads. Mickey, like you actually did this. But but what are they, Bob? They are, are they? they. What do you mean? What are they? Are they man and wife, or, or are they? You have to ask you know? them. You have to ask them what the pronouns are, Mickey. Does Hasbro have, well, like, a, a thing where Mr. Potato Head tells you? What is this, Bob? Yeah. This <laughs> I don't is, know, Mickey. This, <laughs> is like, poly, this is polyamorous Potato Head, Bob. I, I was afraid it was something like that. Yeah, that's, And then, if we really want to... You know, I don't think Hasbro is ready for the consequences, because, you know, what if, uh, what if Mr. Potato Head here identifies... You know, Mr. Tomato is that Mr. Tomato Head? It's I don't know what it is, Bob. But it's you a know, tomato, isn't what, it? Or is it a red his, pepper? I think his pronouns might be. Well, I don't understand tomatoes. the point you're making with the red pepper tomato thing. I'm 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 uh, I'm making a sense of what if he identifies as another species? It's oh, uh, is that I'm happening? I'm canceling now? myself. I'm canceling myself. Why I'm, is that actually happening? That's not happening. No, is it? <laughs> I'm. I'm trying to cancel myself by uh, making a transgender joke, which you can never do. Oh, I see. Because that was like, yeah, that was like a that was a your own personal caricature of transgender logic. Yeah, you I, could get into. I, I can see you getting into trouble for that. Logic. I would like to help you get into trouble for that. I would just like to stop and flag this moment as a <laughs> end Mickey's career moment because no. that was kind of that was you know it's, it's up not, to you. I, it's your career. It's your it's your it was, revenue stream. It was incoherent, but I have. Um, I don't know, man. I, I was not taking any. Position well, let's on make anything. sure this final podcast is a good one, Mickey. <laughs> um, the uh, I will leave that to Rand Paul. Who uh, did, he, did he complain about the Mister Potato Head thing? No, he complained about uh, transgender athletes so in sports. Is is Hasbro actually renaming it so it's not Mister Potato Head? Is it just they they backtrack? They're, the regular thing is just going to be Potato Head, but they're also going to sell Mister and Mrs. Potato Head, so they chicken out. Okay. Anyway, uh, as you know, well, um, I'm. I for uh, one welcome our new world neutral on this issue. I'm I'm totally fine with all this. Uh, I'm I, I'm certainly fine with transgender people. I was operated on by a transgender, what I think is a transgender doctor, did a very good job. What what kind of operation? It wasn't like they a, had to go. In, he had to go into my lungs. Miss he or she? She now had to go into my lungs. Miss an aorta 
miss a bunch of veins and take something little thing out of my lungs. Uh, I'm kind and, of sorry I asked the question. And they were very, very good about it. It was, it was, it was not a big deal. Okay, not yeah, as big as your comorbidity. Hey, I hope. That, that stays in the parrot room. They got to pay for that one, but it's I now hope. in the archives I, yeah. of the parrot room. We discussed it last week. Right. We can't even mention it. You were promising it that you would do it in the parrot room, weren't you? I did do it in the parrot room. Right, but you promised in this regular podcast that you would do it. I'm not. Going and to I did. It. I am a man okay. of my word. But I'm not going to reveal it. I'm just saying that totally. it exists. Okay. Speaking of reveal, did you hear about the gender reveal tragedy? What is a gender reveal? I'm going to reveal myself as even a bigger, bigger, more out of it than you are. But did you hear I, about I don't the... know what a gender reveal party is. Do people have sex at gender reveal but parties? You heard that a guy died preparing for a I gender reveal I heard a guy died party. when something exploded, but... Yeah, that was uh, perhaps too elaborate a gender reveal party. I went to one once, and I have... Safety aside, and most of them are perfectly safe, I have questions about the whole idea. The What happens is somebody who manages to get access to the information about what the gender is going to be before the mother, the expectant mother, has right. access, and maybe before the father had it, uh, they... Like, you know, they might like, uh, uh, they may put, you know, male, you know, boy or girl, like in some kind of, I don't know, maybe it, you know, you open up a box and there's the answer or it comes out of a cake or something. But, but somehow the gender of the child is revealed. And this is the first time the mother has found out and it's in front of all these people. And in this case, the mother had a clear preference. Now, as it happened, her preference was fulfilled, but like, what if it's not? This just seems to me like torture. for her husband to be killed. No, that was, that was a different party. No, you're, you're getting it yeah. mixed up. That was a the party uh, you went to. The party you went to. Party I went to. Her preference was for a girl, and she found out it was going to be a girl. But my point is, she got this news in front of all yeah, these people. No, that can horrible. be pretty awkward. Weird. Yeah, it seems like an insane institution. Weird. Uh, I can't believe capitalism has come up with this. So for people who don't know about this, uh, a 28-year-old man died after a device meant to be used at a gender reveal party exploded, uh, and so on. And then, hey, listen to this. This most recent death follows in the line of other gender reveals gone bad, including a 2020 wildfire in Southern California. Were you involved in that, Mickey? And a no. plane crash in Texas. So... I guess there is such a thing as an overly elaborate gender reveal. Um, okay. Um, That's about it for this week, folks. <laughs> That's the weekend gender reveal tragedies. Um, it is, I, I mean, it's sad. It's sad. Because, it's I mean, it's especially sad because, you know, they're all excited. They, they want it to be this big deal. And that's why. Things go bad, but I just don't understand the logic behind it. It's thing. a big deal if you have a successful birth. It's like a plane landing. I mean, it just seems so, like yeah. That's the other thing that. is like don't curse it. I mean, just like wait. What did you just drop? That was one of my that was Mickey's own j- jumping. That was off a, a, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Potato Head reveal tragedy. Mr. Potato Head had a Tiger Woods like incident here. <laughs> you know, I want to talk about Tiger Woods at some point, but uh, maybe in the parrot room. Okay, as you know, I follow golf, and he had a true tragedy. Not, I mean, it could have been a lot worse. He could have died. Jeez. But 
uh, I, I assume you're familiar with the stretch of road where he he his car. I've flipped. been down that stretch of road. It's actually very scary. Uh huh. Because you know, usually how they they do roads when they come down hills, they wind around so the slope isn't that steep. This right. one just goes straight over the hill and comes right down the other side. So he was coming down the other side. Yeah, and um, but I I. I it was hard. I, I I haven't looked at the map. It it seemed hard. I don't understand why he went off the road in that direction. That's what that's what was perplexing to me. Hmm. It led me to think he was probably distracted by a cell phone, and then overreacted when you wake up and say, "Oh my God, I'm going in the wrong direction." But um, Could but he's be. definitely it's definitely very easy to speed, and it was also insane to book him at the hotel when the golf course he was going to was was completely across town. I mean, I mean, it was like an hour away. In he was, go- was he going to the golf course where they had had the? Because yeah. you know, you know, yeah, he was. You know, the he, golf course. you know, his car is a Genesis, whatever. You know these things. This Genesis SUV, it's some brand new super Genesis right. uh, but you know, SUV. They, but you they, know, the they golf had tur- one yet. Sorry, the golf tournament that had just ended two right. days earlier that he was hosting was the Genesis Invitational. That's right. probably so why he ever- had probably just gotten this car for free. Right, so he might have been trying to interface the cell phone with the car, or not understood the car, or uh, you know, it's it's it, now Genesis can advertise its many airbags and safety features. Uh, uh, I'm not sure this is the kind of publicity. I'm not sure this is what they had in mind when they yeah. sponsored that tournament. But anyway, I, I do want to talk more about it. this because he's an okay. amazing he's an amazing person. Um, um, so, but as for. Public affairs. What do we got? We got Trump's resurrection at CPAC. His official, he he, he returns to center stage oh, on that's Sunday. That's ridiculous. We have. Uh, what do you mean that's ridiculous? What CPAC is a horrible, corrupt institution. Well, he's a horrible, corrupt by, man. What what is Matt it that doesn't make sense here? A terrible, terrible reputation, and they don't allow any anti-immigrant panels, for example. They allow any immigrant people as long as they're not talking about immigration. So you now uh, characterizing yourself as anti-immigrant and not just anti-immigration anti, or immigration Restri- restrictions? They don't allow any restrictionist people. Just wanted to make sure that a few okay, commenters uh, suggested that that might be a Freudian slip. Anyway, it's troubling because, yes, it means Trump isn't going away. Uh, we could talk about the kids in containers as opposed to the kids in cages. We can talk about Latino hesitancy to take the vaccine. We can talk about Biden's secret welfare bill. We can talk about... We, you, the... you, we led last week with that, I think. We did? Okay. Yeah. Well, well it's about the past, the House. Um, we can talk about the Syria bombing uh, and uh, and your piece about... Uh, or your something you wrote about Biden having a moment of lucidity about Syria and the blob slapping him down. Yeah, uh, I didn't write it. I was just a tweet. I just found that in a piece that a few years that that some years back he uh, when he was vice president he had said something sensible about Syria about how it was a mistake for for all our regional allies to pour weapons in, and then he immediately had to apologize for saying something that sensible. He was he was slapped right out of his. Well, I guess I guess we might as well talk about this. I I don't understand. It was is the argument that the Saudis helped fund ISIS and create ISIS. Uh, short-sightedly and we just sort of saluted and followed the money is that the argument uh i don't think the idea is that is that they intentionally 
did that. I, I don't know. I'd have to go back and see exactly what he said. But I mean, basically, we and other countries poured money and weapons in and it went to various kinds of groups, including a number of jihadists. Uh, most of the jihadists were not were not ISIS, I think. But um, it just, you know, and all hell broke loose. And it's just amazing that this is still some kind of like radical, edgy opinion that maybe this wasn't a great well, idea. Um, I loved I loved our uh, the part of our, our podcast last week where we talked about what is this mysterious force that's causing us to stay in Syria, even though it's not in our interest at all? That was uh, that was in gee, the parrot room, actually. Is that in the parrot room? Yep. Okay. Never mind. Still mysterious. Parrot room is 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 like clubhouse. You want the mystery? Nobody knows what goes on in clubhouse. Nobody knows what goes on in the parrot room. You've convinced me that it's a it's a refuge from prying eyes. Do you think clubhouse is the next uh, is the next big thing? No, I think clubhouse is the next TED talks, which is it's very very hot now, and in a year it'll be TEDx, and nobody will want to go to it, and they'll be mocking it, and. Uh, and it's not going to be a bit, the next big thing. But people love it now. I'm, um, I'm about to buy... This is how much people love it. I'm about to buy an Apple phone solely so I can get on a clubhouse. That's weird. And that's such, a, that's such an elitist an thing anyway. to begin with, confining it to Apple. I mean, is there a lot of venture capital money behind this? I think there's certainly enough to have created oh, an they, Android app if they wanted. They're working on an Android app, apparently. Oh, are they? <laughs> But anyway, it's it, I don't know if they intended to make money off of it. I guess they did. It's an it's an elaborate bit of software. It's I don't think it's going to take over our public discourse and it is inherently elitist because it's it's like we the elite in the secret paradroom like confines of Clubhouse are having the real conversations and you people out there aren't. Uh and this is where it's at. Uh that's why I think it'll be like the TED Talks, which is there'll be incredible demand to make it let in the bridge and tunnel crowd. They're they're they're, you know, well, see, the, the app the app invites everybody in your address book, so everybody's going to come in anyway. Right, but ultimately, isn't it kind of a jostling for status thing and a and a posturing about your status thing? I, in other words, like I imagine, just from what little I've heard. So, like the thing about it is, okay, so for people who don't know, I guess I mean it's this live. It's an app for like listening in. To conversations, I mean, right for now, if you're one of the chosen who who uh, has access. Um, but the deal is that that on the one hand, it's maybe kind of like a panel discussion. On the other hand, the border between the panel and the audience is more fluid than at a regular panel discussion, I gather. Like at any point, the people running it can see who's in the clubhouse and... And if they want to say something, welcome them to the stage temporarily. Let them say their piece. And you know what's going to happen. It's like these these like alpha types are going to strut from conversation to conversation. And they're going to say, oh, Elon's here. Elon, what would you like to say? And he'll say his piece and move on to the next one. And everyone I, will be trying to find these like the, the conversation where they, you know, can kind of demonstrate some status. And then there will be people who are just listening. That's true. But there's going to be a lot of it's it's like the fluidity of the status recognition is, is going to be an interesting feature of it. I can see. No, it, it seemed like it seemed like high school and college status games, but even worse because of the fluidity you mentioned. But it's not enough to first you have to get into the conversation and they're limited to 5000 people. First, you have to get in the clubhouse and you have to get in the conversation 
then if you're in the conversation, you have to compete to get on stage to get recognized. Right. It's a it's it's a nightmare. Right, and and no doubt there will be some kind of ranking system I mean, where you know by virtue of your past recognitions and contributions, you have four stars, and who knows. I mean, I mean, you know, if Elon wants my advice, he knows how to reach me. I mean, I don't, I don't have to go in Clubhouse, you know. Yeah, has he called yet? You know, I interviewed Elon Musk once before. I mean, this was back when I had to, like, Google him to find out who the hell he was. I was a little out of it. Most people knew at that point. But I did. I, like, interviewed. It was like an – this was so long ago that, like, there's no video of it. I think I think this will be the symbol for Bob's out of it, this. Mr. Potato Head the, – the, the yeah. The Mr. Um, Potato Head gender the, unrevealed. Yeah. Uh, but um, the, 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 the so anyway, I, I well, anyway, it was a, an intimate gathering. I was up there with Elon. All I can report is that he actually is a nerd. And that's his credit, because I think you wouldn't necessarily you might think he's just a troll. He's at, the nerd part is for real. He's a nerd. You get him going that, about some that, boring science and he'll, he'll that go. seems to be his saving grace. Yeah. Is that that he he um, that, yes, he actually delivers the nerd goods. Um, so we're far afield from Syria, but my my question is this airstrike, mm-hmm. uh, which is apparently very precisely tailored, followed a Politico article, which is I think where you got your quote, which said, "Oh, Biden doesn't care about the Middle East; he's not even responding to this attack on U.S. forces," uh, and it sort of mocked him in a way that if you were a totally superficial person, you'd say, "Shit, they're mocking me for not caring about Syria." Let's do a precision airstrike. You think that's implausible? Oh, the chances that that particular article did it, I don't know. I I assumed you were about to take the next step and say somebody planted the piece in order to provoke him into getting tougher. Well, the piece was by a reporter who probably is very clued in to the people who would plant the piece. But they don't have to plant the piece. She has to come up with pieces. Natasha Bertrand, I think, wrote it, didn't she? I believe. Uh, so, so you know, she's always going to be looking for what her sources say. I mean, it's weird. I mean, he is, you know, Trump went four years and I think only did one strike in Syria. Is that right? Uh, so Biden is, at this point, uh, looking uh, looking more belligerent than Trump on a, you know, at a, if you if you on a per week basis. The um, well, also as 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 some of your commenters point out, it um, I appreciate the "don't fuck with us" principle. You know, the you attack us, you know, we're going to retaliate. But that that as some of our comments point out, that a lie that ignores the question of what are we doing there in the first place? Did we have a right to be there? Uh, yeah, the answer we, is no. Know? It's 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 uh, we we don't. I mean, under international law, um. Uh, we don't have a right to strike them in Syria. I mean, it's not as if I, I don't. Well, I don't know. I, I don't think I don't know if we even know for sure which group did the missile strike in Iraq that this is uh, supposedly retaliation for, um, much less whether this is the same group. Of course, to 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 Biden, you know, they're all they're all Iran proxies, um, which leads to the other thing is is like uh you know, this is in the middle of what is supposedly an attempt to to resurrect the Iran nuclear deal, although with each passing week, it looks less as if uh, the Biden administration is actually serious about 
doing that, uh, or at least serious about not subordinating that to other goals having to do with Iran. I mean, you know, some people think that maybe this was meant to put pressure on to show, you know, to aid in the negotiation, show them, okay, we mean business. Now will you capitulate? If that's the case, I think they're uh, gravely misreading the political situation in Iran if they think this helps. Well, but I don't understand. If we don't get them back in the agreement, then they develop nuclear weapons. Well, what what eventually happens probably is uh, Israel attacks them um, because they think they're developing nuclear weapons. If we don't get them back in the de- deal... Um, they eventually, uh, you know, kick out the inspectors and, and, and so we don't have transparency and Israel would presumably bomb them. And that's the other thing is people think that's a super terrifying prospect for Iran. I don't think they welcome it, but you got to remember it, it would strengthen probably the leadership's hold on the populace. So but what? But what? So this the what? So it devolves into a standoff between the Israelis and the Iranians, sort of face to face. So uh, what was the first part? The of Israelis it? then the Israelis become the only thing holding Iran in check. Well, we might or might not participate. I mean, Iran, uh, you know, Israel would certainly have the the feeling that we have their back in the event that things go awry and you wind up with a regional war on your hands. Um. But the thing about it is you cannot in the long run keep them from developing a nuclear weapon without invading and occupying the country. You can slow it down with bombing, but you you cannot – they have the know-how and you cannot stop them in the long run without a ground invasion and occupation. What? You can't stop them with a deal? Oh, yeah. You can stop them with a deal. We had stopped them with a deal. It would be easy to restore the deal. Now, there are complaints about the deal, about when it expires – it's not long enough. It's not this. It's not that. But the main thing preventing us from returning to a deal is the desire to get concessions out of Iran in different realms having nothing to do with nuclear weapons. That's the problem is we want we want to impose restrictions on their conventional weapons that aren't imposed on any other countries that I know of. But apparently Iran is special. Um, uh-huh. So that's the, the you know, the problem. And Biden, uh, you know, it's just Blob City. I mean, you know, Tony Blinken, Jake Sullivan. You know, these are the these are the people uh, in the in the uh, Obama administration who who led us into various uh, uh, misadventures. It was, unexpe- it was unexpected, but I can't believe that it, re- it that the political article was wrong that said they really don't want to get bogged down in Syria. It, this was just like a one and done thing, right? Uh, well, was this I mean, a one? I, I don't it. know. It, it, it's a. It's pretty damn exceptional. I mean, there have not been many of these things over the past twelve years, like America uh, doing doing strikes like this in Syria. So, I mean, they they may Wait, they may hope it's one and done. Is it is it possible that General Austin is behind it? I mean, he's intimately familiar, presumably, with everybody in the region having totally failed to create the guerrilla force that he was supposed to be creating. Uh, and that he might say, look, I know these these guys, they did it, and it's my troops that are being threatened. I would guess it's more Sullivan, Blinken, but I don't know. I, I, I um, you know, I mean, in theory, the, 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 the Secretary of Defense should not be deciding when to use force. I mean, if, if the reality is they often are influential, but it's it's like 
not really the military's job to tell you when to fight a war. No, but he, I mean, he would propose it to the president. And yeah, yeah. Ask no, him. it happens. Yeah, uh, they, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, they do. The, they, they propose things. Um, yeah. Okay. So it's uh, troubling. And I, I don't know. They just, uh, they clearly, it would be easy to restore the nuclear deal. They don't want to prioritize that. And this is the blob. And by the way, the other thing going on in foreign policy is um, uh, it's looking like increasingly we're going to miss the deadline agreed on during the Trump administration for withdrawing our troops from Afghanistan by May 1st. Uh, Both of these items are covered, by the way, in the latest issue of the Non-Zero Newsletter at Substack. So the the Non-Zero Newsletter, the the latest one I saw was about near attendance. That's a different newsletter? Yeah, this one goes out actually at five today. It goes out in half an oh, hour. Okay. The, um, okay. uh, yeah, I wrote a thing on Nira Tandon. It's weird. I, I, I sort of, my public, you know, I sort of defend her because she's qualified for the job and Biden's allowed to have his person. Uh, and, you know, I don't think her, uh, her tweets were pretty awful. They really but, were, they really were juvenile. When you think about it, she's president of a think tank, right? I mean, on the other hand, the defense of her, I think, is that Twitter does this to people. You know, you want to get the followers. And the truth is. What was. was, Yeah. Go ahead. What was troubling to me was they weren't original. She sort of she adopted the sort of conventional memes that they were going around in the left, like Moscow Mitch. Yeah. And she accused Byron York of being, you know, running interference for Russia. I mean, they were just complete hack, and she was trying to run and catch the train of like the left Twitter, uh, as opposed to to to. I don't mind if she's mean if she comes up with it herself, you know. And she, but she I calls think it Mitch was something working. other look, than Moscow look, Mitch. It's not like you need creativity to build up a huge Twitter following, you know. No, I tell me about it. You just need to be tribal, and that's what she was. And she was, and you know, she was only a little more kind of crude and sophomoric. Then a whole lot of resistance grifters uh, who were just a little more sophisticated, but kind of equally, uh, equally unreliable. I mean, I mean, one thing she was heavily into when I had my run in with with her on Twitter was was over her uh, reflexively kind of seeing uh, a Trump Russian, you know, conspiracy behind every development and. And everybody, all these, all these resistance grifters did that, you know, all the Bill Crystals and the, and even, you know, these the people at, at respected think tanks and so on, they were all over reading that stuff and building up followers in the process. And so it's not like she was alone. Uh, she was just, she was just cruder. One of the questions I, I've been asking myself is if a man did this, would I react differently? In other words, uh, I hate Rick Wilson. He certainly goes way beyond what Neera Tannen does in terms of his tweeting. He sort of puts on an act of I'm so extreme, you know, that he, he it's slightly meta. Um, and, uh, and but she's famous for shoving a guy. I think it was uh, somebody who asked Hillary a question. I think it was Faz, it, wasn't it? Who, who then became Bernie's uh, like campaign it's manager? It's possible, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but but I don't know if the question was about foreign policy. It was some obvious question that any reporter would ask yeah. Hillary, who had any balls at all. And if a man pushed somebody like that, I mean, they're 
they're they're they're they're I can name two or three men who've pushed reporters, and I haven't really. Well, this was somebody who worked them. for her, just to be clear. It was a st- it was somebody who worked for her. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. And it was also it was also like a friend. It was like, and it was also had this don't I'm a Hillary bot quality to it, which was annoying. If Hillary had shoved him, I wouldn't have. <laughs> wouldn't have. Yeah, I, I, I think a if a man shoved it. a subordinate at work these days, that would be considered highly uncool. It's just, it's just uncool. It's like, you know, because Gian Gian Fort in in Montana, you know, shoved a did worse to a reporter, and it hasn't hurt him. He's about to be governor of Montana. Wait, is that the? Yeah, no, but that's that's different. That's reporters. Everyone loves to see reporters beat up. <laughs> okay. This guy was not a reporter? No, I believe was it doing? was I believe it was the uh the guy who was at who was running Think Progress at the time, unless I'm wrong. Oh right, right, right. But they're they're sort of quasi uh journalistic, right? Oh, okay. Yeah, but he worked for her. She oh. was his boss. Yeah, 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 a ju- yeah, a journalist slash you know political operative. He, he, I mean, there was there was that famous incident where they emasculated Matt Iglesias because he wrote something nasty about Third Way. Uh, Boy, and, you're going uh, way back. They, well, wait, was Jen wanted, Jen Psaki wanted, was involved? Was Jen? No, no, it was a, no, it was Jennifer a Palmieri. Jennifer Palmieri. Was Palmieri. But uh, uh, and you know he he was sort of accepted that well you know they're allowed to tell their reporters their quote reporters. Not to offend their allies. Well, that's different. I mean, that, that yeah, that speaks to the whole nature of an advocacy slash journalism right. outfit. Right. But right. but uh, nobody shoved Matt. You know, that was the anyway. I, here. I guess I decided that um, I would cut a man a little more slack, so I should uh, I should uh, go a little light on her. Although it just it just it it's it's tremendous fun. I have to admit, watching her. Uh, roast slowly over the spit. Uh, there, there's, um, you know, Matt, Matt Cooper wrote what many people write, which is, well, they're offering her as a sacrificial lamb to draw the heat away from the people they really worry about, right? Uh, which are like, uh, uh, you know, Becerra. That was and genius. I didn't realize that's what uh, they were doing. That's almost the CW. But it, but she was going down too easy to do that. She wasn't giving any emotional satisfaction at all. Yeah. Because, like, man should come out against her and she was disappearing. But now they've let her writhe in agony. You know, it's just, it's 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 a fantastic uh, emotional catharsis for well, Republicans. It's, it's getting hard to keep uh, the thing alive now that Lisa Murkowski has become aware of uh, uh, Neera Tandon's tweet about her. Yeah, but she hasn't, uh, she hasn't come out against no, but she so was Tandon's only hope, and then somebody, hope. some reporter, showed her the tweet where Tandon had said that she was getting high on her own supply. Right, and that reporter then got viciously attacked by Tandon p- robots, thereby uh, underlining the misgivings that everybody had about Tandon. So now, those people. I, I am hundred percent not a near a Tandon fan. I, I, I think this is interesting. I mean, there could. This is kind of what I wrote in the newsletter. Is you know, it could be good that uh, elites get the message that, you know, if you want a job in a future administration, why don't you just cool it on Twitter a little and be 10% more civil? And uh, that would be a healthy thing. Well, that's but that's what was so shocking about it at the time is you knew this was an ambitious woman on the inside track to have jobs in Democratic administrations. 
come up through the establishment. And this is just not something you're supposed to do if you're in that it, position. It was weird. You go back and look at those tweets, like I said, and you think, this is the head of a think tank? And it's just weird. And I got to think, it's like Twitter is crack. There's nothing like seeing your, your, your likes and your retweet numbers and your following grow. Although there's something to be said for not being the obedient Council on Foreign Relations person who never causes waves just because you're in a think tank. There are lots uh, of ways so to I, do I, that, but that's that's the thing. She was completely a hundred percent obedient to the to the blob. She 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 wasn't point. she she wasn't a maverick. Good point. Good point. Um, well, I think she's gone down, but she's got to get a job at the administration somewhere. You think so? Biden seems to be big on paying debts. I mean, he created a job for John Kerry. He's going out of his way to create a job for Rahm Emanuel. Uh, they can put her in charge of, of uh, social media for Kamala Harris or something. Um, anyway, Harris, this is the transition, Bob. Okay. Harris went down to the border and, and denounced some migrant facility as a uh, human rights violation. And now Biden has had to reopen that mi very migrant facility to handle the flow of uh, people coming into the country because he has announced that he's going to be loose on the borders and not not enforce the laws once they're here. And if they, they could, they'll probably get asylum. So, you know, a huge stream of people that he provoked is coming and he's ha having to do the same thing that he criticized Trump for. Trump had managed to study. There were no, you know, the kids in cages had disappeared under Trump because he had stopped them from coming in the first place. Okay. You mean after the now initial, coming con Biden, after the initial controversy, after the initial business. Yeah. yeah. And Trump, well, they, well, it started under Obama, but it got, you know, it, it got worse, I think, under Trump. And then he finally talked the Mexicans into putting a stop to it. Uh, and Biden has ripped up the Mexicans, remain in Mexico protocol. And the Mexicans don't seem as eager to put a stop to it because they're not as scared of Biden doing something crazy as they were scared of Trump doing something crazy. So he's faced with the delicious dilemma of his own making, which is uh, if he lets them in, then more will come. OK, and eventually that'll be a bad story. Uh, uh, so he has to try to hold them there. But then you have kids in cages. So, so what do you think he's going to do? I don't know. I think uh I think he has to talk Mexico into stopping the at the, their southern border. Uh, that, and, uh, you know, he'll do whatever. Mexico can be you know, there. Mexico can be bargained with. Let's put it that way. Uh, you were about to say bought. You were have, about to say bought, but you changed it to bargain with. That was wise. But I don't know. I don't really know that they it's can a little be bought. Late. But you're, I, you're already canceled. Large, I mean, if I were you, I would just cut large, loose. I mean, large, the, the, the transgender large thing. Large sums of money. Ended. Large sums of money in foreign aid have been known to sway sway countries views and i don't I, I wouldn't talk about bribes i was talking about you know we say we will give you a multi-billion dollar aid package if you do this thing for us that's right not it's that not corrupt. being bought no uh, um bargaining uh so i think that's what he has to do or else he has to just slow the whole thing down and say i'm going to be a little trumpy for a while he he went he went too far in terms of getting rid of trump he shouldn't have gotten rid of the remain in mexico protocol oh <laughs> I uh, thought you were going to thought you were going to say you should have welcomed Trump into his administration or something, but no, okay. Uh, so uh, I don't know, but it's it's um, it's it, it's his apparently his focus groups, according to my friend John Ellis in his newsletter, 
are showing that this is the one area in which he is unpopular, is this whole immigration attitude. Uh, And it's not just lefties saying, uh, oh, he's promised to open up the borders and he's not doing it. I don't think he has any political danger there. It's ordinary swing voters, independents, who are saying, well, this is out of control. I mean, Trump, you know, he's president. He should get under control. Well, suppose he does move somewhat in that direction. Where exactly does the blowback come from, from the left? I mean, like what, uh, what price does he for, pay for that? How, what exact form does I don't that think come he, in? I don't think he pays much of a price at all. I mean, AOC will complain, thereby solidifying So you think it's just a few woke position. elites? And, and do, they, they're woke elites. There's some interest groups which have inordinate power. Well, if they have power, like, then he uh, will pay a price. Like America's, well, they have ordinary power because because Biden listens to him. If he didn't listen to them, he would discover that they had no real power. But uh, you know the the um, the you know like politicians, congressmen pay attention to if you write them a letter, it has incredible impact compared to what it should. You're one kook out of four hundred fifty thousand writing a letter. Okay, you should have not much influence. But congressmen really, it really influences congressman and similar with like uh you know ethnic activist groups people they they're the tail wagging the dog and they shouldn't be but if you ignore them nothing would happen they can't deliver an election for your opponent yeah it's a whole interesting subject the way uh the way perceived influence works um it's like if you gin up a bunch of if you if you get a bunch of people to attack somebody on twitter they'll completely they're willing to change their ideology to to, to end the suffering, and, and that's why um, that's why my side, you know, has to, its power is it launches these telephone campaigns, call, you know, call these congressmen offices, and they have special automated systems that steer your call to the right congressman and tell you what to say, and they're incredibly effective because congressmen respond to phone calls. Insane. Why they should, <laughs> but they do. Uh yeah, I mean, you know, this is how the Stop the Steal thing gathered momentum yeah. is uh, the Bannons of the world getting their getting their fans to call and email and stuff. The um, the anyway, I, people like me are eager to. I want to see a picture of Biden kids in cage, Biden cages before I will go completely triumphalist. Like I have people like uh, a good friend of mine when. You know, said, how can you vote for Trump? Kids in cages. OK, well, I would love to send him a picture of the Biden kid in the Biden. You're cages. working pretty hard. You're working pretty yet. hard at getting canceled, Mickey, I got to say. So let me just make sure. Let me just make sure we get that quote right. You would love to see a picture of kids in cages. Then uh, you would declare victory. This would be it, a triumphant it would be moment. A politically potent weapon. Uh-huh. And 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 the problem is we're probably not going to get that picture. And people on the the restrictionist side are jumping at the pictures they do have, which are kids in air-conditioned container-like trailers, which is not quite the same as cages, although I, maybe the kids don't like them. Probably. Uh, but, um, uh, and as you know, the cages were never really cages. They were chain-link fence designed to stop the 17-year-old boys from hitting on the 14-year-old girls. Um, I didn't know that, but thanks. Uh, sure. Uh, anyway, um uh anyway they so so the restrictionists are jumping the gun and they're they're saying I told you so I told you so when they don't quite have the evidence 
to, to do but that. But you look forward That's to that day when enough children are suffering that you can declare victory. They're not suffering. They're coming across the border and they're, and they're, you know, the kids in the nice cages weren't suffering either. Yeah. There were some, there were some places where they really were suffering. The, uh, freezer, there was a place called the freezer where they didn't have heat. And you, the initial place. Just to be clear, you are against putting kids in freezers. The, 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 as, as the very good Breitbart reporter on the scene had been saying for years, the conditions on the border were a shit show. They were, people were put in, there was a picture that first appeared on Breitbart of 100 kids in a room, no air, no air conditioning. It's 100 kids in a room, no toilet facilities. It was it was ridiculous. OK, the cages were a vast improvement designed to they give they had a, a big space, uh, a big open space. The people were well, well separated and they had these see through chain link fences. So no, no guard could beat you up in private and everybody could see everything was going on. Uh, it just it, the, the 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 people referred to it as the dog kennel. The 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 people who were in it, implying that they thought it was a little disrespectful. The uh, people who were in it them, called it a dog kennel. Yes. So maybe the they really weren't that it. wild about it. Well, it could just be a joke. I don't know. They actually don't know the extent to which it looked like a dog kennel. I don't know the extent to which it meant. Oh, don't! It's a horrible place, the dog kennel. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to identify. Uh, that facility would be a dog kennel, but it was it was not. I don't think it was inhumane the way the earlier ones were inhumane. Okay, and it, you know if if uh, if if the border is swamped, I don't know. It's going to be a real human disaster. You know, I, I don't, I, and it, it, it's not something to be wished. Uh, uh, human disaster is not something to be wished. We have, we have come to our moment of concord. Um, so. Uh, what about, about this COVID thing, man? So we've, I, I mean, these variant. Now, I told you a few weeks ago that I thought there was a variant, a new variant in your area. You hadn't heard about it at that point. I bet you have now, right? This California variant? I've only seen one thing on it. There's a New York variant, too. Uh, is is it more deadly or is it just more I don't know. I don't know. I'm just yeah. wondering why all of a sudden there are so many variants. Uh, it, it's like well, you I, didn't I, hear about them Almost at all until a couple of months ago, the the British variant, and now they're everywhere. And all of a sudden, the uh, the near euphoria I felt after getting my vaccination uh, a few days ago seems threatened uh, by uh, uh, these variants. Well, there is the argument that they, they want to keep people scared, so they're emphasizing the scary things that are happening that they maybe didn't emphasize before. But you know, people want to be scared. People want to know what's what's the what's the remaining threat, and the remaining threat is, I guess, variants. Uh, the I, I'm more focused on the. Um, I, I'm less euphoric than I was. Did you, you've been vaxxed now? Yeah. By the way, both both no, no, are Pfizer, what? but it turns out that a single Pfizer is is yeah. probably as good as the J and J. Right. Um, so anyway, I've had a single Moderna, and, and I now have pain in my hip joint. Which is alarming. I'm guessing they're did, unrelated. Did, you would think they'd be unrelated. Did, where but, did they uh, get? Did, they didn't give you the shot but, in the hip, did they? No, but joint pain is one of the side is effects. Is it? Yeah, but I assume it'd be in the shoulder. That explains joint, my elbows. Joint. I thought it was just for sno- shoveling snow for like twelve hours. <laughs> there you go. No, I think this was from shoveling um, snow. Uh, uh, so, um, but anyway, the. 
it's clear that they're they're now gearing up for, and it's already reached this stage in the UK. The big threat is not getting the vax out, but getting people to take the vax. And there's there's they're they're really missing something. There are all these stories on Latino hesitancy to take the vaccine, which is apparently a real thing. And it's as if uh, it's our fault. It's the fault of the government if Latinos are hesitant because they're not putting the doses in the right places and they're discriminatory and they're racist and the white the white people who are upscale are coming and stealing the doses. Well, but there's a real hesitancy that has nothing to do with the government or racism. If you go into the Latino areas of Los Angeles, you'll see stores selling bottled water because Latinos, I'm, I'm making a generalization, but it's accurate, tend to be scared of the water. They don't drink out of the tap. They use bottled water, which is expensive. Why, okay? it's why, not why like would that, taking the cheap why would that, what, what are the roots of that? Energy? I guess, I guess because if you're in Mexico, you don't drink the water. Hmm. Uh, and if you're in Latin America, you tend to be paranoid about what germs or pathogens are in the water. And the mayor has to issue press releases here saying, no, no, the water is safe. You can drink it out of the tap. You well, don't have to spend other, your money on bottled aren't water. Aren't there okay? other ethnic groups that where there's more skepticism about the vaccine than there is uh, among, say, your demographic? Um, I don't know the empirical answer to that. I mean, obviously, blacks are skeptical, too. And people say it's because Tuskegee. it's Tuskegee and a bunch of other things. And and I just saw a black post saying it's much more than Tuskegee. It's a, you know, it's it's a long process that made people paranoid. Well, you know, if they're paranoid, they're paranoid, and you have to overcome it. But don't don't claim that it's oh, it's it's the fault of the authorities. They're they're really doing everything they can to get the vaccine in those areas. Uh, and if if you have to work on the culture, you have to work on and reassuring people. You have to do that. But there there's this there's this template that constantly gets gets put on everything, which is you know uh, the government gives ethnic minorities the short shrift, and it's the fault of the larger society and. I think that the template is false in this case. Um, it's well, the reason this all may come to a head, I, I mean, is because of the variants. I think. I mean, the variants are going to raise the threshold of herd immunity. It seems to me, uh, unless the reporting is completely inaccurate. Huh. You know, whatever the threshold would have been, like seventy percent have to, you know, uh, be resistant to infection. Uh, that number, you know, for, for, for the thing to, in effect, to be squashed, that number is going to be higher because of the, the variants. And so we're probably may well get to the point where you have to try to convince people who don't want to be vaccinated to be vaccinated. Or at least that will be the argument that for the good of the society as a whole, right. you need to do that. The um, uh, But clearly people are not going to wait for herd immunity to way let down their guard and start going out and about. No, no, I'm already, I'm already, Uh, uh, what are you going to, what are you going to do when you're, your first day where you feel, okay, the the vaccine is sunk in, what are you going to do? I know what I'm going to do. Go to, go to a restaurant and eat outdoors? No, I think I'm just going to walk around in Home Depot. Like, you know, it's like. That's scary. Just go buy something. Just like. A big box store with an enclosed space? Don't go there, man. Well. Wait, as indoor spaces go, they're great. They've got very high ceilings. It's they're great. I guess they've got right, very wide aisles. They're perfect. This is the best indoor place to go. Um, I guess that's right. But I, I, I'm already getting people saying, "Hey, you want to go have? You know, you're vaccinated. You want to go have uh, have lunch?" And um, uh, 
so that's you know we're not at herd immunity yet. If, if that's already starting, and an unpopular guy like me is getting those invitations, I mean, think what happens with popular people. It's it's they're not going to be able to stop people from doing things that they don't want them to do. Um, uh, no, and, and they, I mean, they people should do more once you're vaccinated. You do have a, a higher degree of protection. Um, I mean, the other big issue though is like. The truth is, uh, if they're serious about squashing this thing before the variants take over, now that they have this data about how effective a single Pfizer shot is, and I assume the same is true of Moderna, they should uh, go to a single shot regime until they, you know, and, and, and radically increase the number of people who have had a single shot. That's what they should do. Now... On the other hand, I'm hoping they don't do it before I get my second vaccine. I think the day after I get my second vaccine would be a wonderful time That's to launch that That's my philosophy, too. But um, that just means they're going to run into the hesitancy barrier that much faster. What I mean, do you mean? You know, well, they give everybody who wants it a single shot. Yeah, okay? well, still. But they'll, see, that's going to happen in, 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 in two months. They're right, going to but you want to run into that faster. I mean, okay, but, you know, yeah, fair yeah. enough, but. It's it does it, it it puts off the uh, the hesitancy well, problem. Well, we don't until, know. Uh, I mean, for a month or so. We don't so know what? whether the the kind of herd immunity threshold will where where that will be with respect to the level of hesitancy there is. I mean, the other thing is that hesitancy may wane as people observe that everyone's getting vaccinated doesn't seem to be killing them. You know, right? You hope. I um. Uh, I have a point to make about Joe Manchin. Joe, our new president. He's he's in charge, man. Well, he, he I mean, if basically uh, nothing could pass without Manchin or Cinema's say so, doesn't that mean Manchin is responsible for everything that passes? So there's this big one point nine billion dollar COVID bill. It's his bill if he votes for it, which I think he's going to. And the whole Neurotana thing was basically just cover for, to allow him to vote for the $1.9 billion bill. In other words, oh, I stood up to Biden on Neurotana, but I voted for him in the thing he really cared about, which is the $1.9 trillion bill with the $120 billion welfare program. But in this it, is a popular which bill. The press doesn't report. This is a popular bill, isn't it? People who, who uh, it's, people it's, who receive welfare like welfare. I imagine West Virginia has a few eligible people, and more broadly, I, th I think yeah. I think you could do a nasty attack ad on Manchin for it'd be similar to the attack ad Romney tried against Obama, which I don't you know could if also do an attack ad if he killed the but bill, it, Mickey. That would be easy. There are so many benefits in it. That would be an easy attack ad. No, not all. All you have to do is restrict the benefits to workers. There'd still be plenty of benefits. You could add the benefits to unemployment. You could add them to the fourteen. The attack ad wouldn't get into that. It the, would the, just. It would just attack, mention all these great things that were in the bill he killed. There's nothing in the bill except checks to people love checks, checks to people with people kids. love checks. I like checks, and the checks would still be in the bill. They just wouldn't go to people who don't. If work. he kills the bill. They won't be in a living bill. In 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 nineteen ninety six, welfare reform stopped sending checks to people who didn't work. Uh, but in 
know, 2021, Joe Manchin decided to start sending checks, start welfare again, and start sending checks to people whether they worked or not. You know, the, you, you... Stop Joe Manchin's welfare you, scheme. You, Tell him what you You think. have come up with an attack ad perfectly tailored to swing the vote of Mickey Kouse. Now all you need to do is find an ad that'll work with somebody else and you're in business. Well, it, it the question is how much times has changed because those ads have always worked in the past. I mean, Bill Clinton, that's the ad he ran all the time in 92. I'm going to end welfare well, as we I, know I it. Think, and maybe, maybe it doesn't work anymore, which would be a huge significant. I think significant amid thing. a pandemic that has killed a ton of jobs is not a great time to make subtle arguments against uh giving people money because of the effect on work incentives. Um, the pandemic does complicate things. I mean, obviously, they're going to try to make it permanent after the pandemic. Yeah, but we're but, in um, the pandemic. The pandemic complicates. If the pandemic is his best cover. I agree. It's a good one. Um, that's why they're probably not going to... I mean, it's probably passing the Cong House even as we speak. Um, you're, you're probably keeping closer track than I am. Well, what is going to happen? Well, so the COVID... The vote might happen on... Well, it's going to pass. It's going to pass. And there's going to be some haggling in the Senate. I don't know quite over what. Okay. Maybe the size or, I mean... Now uh, you're dismissive of this CPAC thing, right? But, I mean, it's non-trivial. It's going to be tr Trump. It's He's going to occupy center stage. And certainly the conservative cable channels will make a huge deal of it. It'll be hard for the other cable channels and the news generally to ignore it. No, it's it's very disturbing. It drives with the earlier speculation that somebody's going to have to take Trump on the so-called kamikaze, uh, or else or else everybody's just waiting for a prosecutor to take him out, or for the Epstein tapes that we talked about. Uh, so um, no, it's very disturbing. He actually apparently intends to dominate the landscape. Sure, uh, and people are conceding that if they ran the race today, he would win the nomination. Uh, and there has to be some uh, – this means that, yes, people are going to have to come up with an actual strategy to take him out politically. Uh, not, uh, he's not, you can't rely on him slinking away by himself, which people were sort of hoping for. Do you think he would have less power uh, in the Republican Party if the Democrats had not impeached him a second time? Uh, what's the argument for that? I don't quite get well, it. Well, that it it, it it intensifies his persecution narrative. I mean, if you listened to the right wing media, like I mean, certainly the far right kind of Bannon, like they were just all over that. That that was just like I mean, would, that, that that gave them something to talk about where they would have been. They would have had nothing to talk about after January sixth if it weren't for that. And you wouldn't have to defend to be pro Trump. You wouldn't have to defend the people who attack the capitals. That just makes the Republicans careen more off into cloud cuckoo land? Is that the argument? Wait, I'm not sure I understand you. The argument In other the words, argument is just that Trump can say they're persecuting me again. That's because they hate you and they blah, blah, blah. And it gives something people to rally. It's the rally around the flag effect. Your leader your leader is under assault. And, and assault on your leader and contempt for you is the very center of his narrative all along. That's the whole thing. They hate us. They hate us. See how much they hate us? Huh. Okay. Well, you're you're clued into the that narrative more. That that's I guess that that makes a certain amount of sense. Clearly, 
Trump is a cash cow for the Democrats and also is very good at keeping their troops rallied. I mean, look, it's a cash cow for the New York Times. I opened the I opened the New York Times webpage two days ago. The entire top half, what we used to call above the fold when there was a fold, was about Trump. Mm-hmm. Biden's president. They're still writing about Trump. His taxes. They want a some award. You know, this is happening at CPAC. Well, this is interesting. These people are still pissed at Trump. Uh, and clearly, that's that's what the New York Times readers want. They want to read about Trump being persecuted. You know, amazingly, I hadn't thought about how the resistance media is incentivized to keep Trump alive over the next few years. But you're right. Oh, sure. I don't think that had really occurred to me. I mean, I'd imagine I'd been asking like, OK, so, uh, you know, Newsmax and OAN will and, and now it's looking like Fox will be on board. And I was I, I just. I, it hadn't quite occurred to me, you know, because it's not like the New York would do it as a matter of ideological preference. It's just that they'll chase the, the clicks. They'll chase the traffic. And that means Trump because that's still going to work. Does, any, does anybody aside from Tom Cotton and Josh Hawley actually have a financial interest in not having Trump occupy center stage? Um... Somebody who didn't want to. Somebody who didn't want to. You know, write about a lot of people politics, who don't you know, have Mr. Potato Head. A lot maybe? of people don't have a stake. But it, but if you mean, is there anybody who has a stake in him fading? Yes. Uh, I'm not, not. Probably not that many. So what we need is a grassroots resistance campaign, and <laughs> the resistance is very bad at this kind of wisdom. But to just ignore him, don't click on the New York Times pieces. That has to be if you really want to get rid of Trump. Don't click on the Trump headlines. Some of my smart left-wing friends have, are, are already tweeting that, but I, I think they're a, a definite minority. These are my people. Um, um, they might be. They might be. You should introduce us. We could, uh, if they've been vaccinated, we could have a party. <laughs> um. So uh, and that's the other thing you would like. That's them. the other um, thing. Like, like, I guess they're not going to, you know, when you think about what technology permits, you know, you could have, you know, if, if you were going to go all CCP about CCC, wait, Chinese, com- CCP about it, you know, it's confusing because CCCP was USSR in Russian, right? We used to see, you know, yeah, so it's confusing. Right. Anyway, if you want to go all CCP about it, you could have like. Uh, I mean, I don't know if they're doing this, but you could have like a database with everyone who's been vaccinated. And so you get admitted to certain like athletic events and stuff after they do a retina scan. You're good, right? You could have this whole, you could hold this whole special class that I'm now part of that would get to do whatever the hell they want. I'm in favor of that whole principle. You still that in Clubhouse, Bob? I, I still, no, I'm not. <laughs> I don't. Um, I don't. Have, I'm Android. Also, I, I'm, I'm loyal to the Android platform. You you couldn't go places where, uh, where there were unvaccinated people. No, they you wouldn't be the allowed. That's a point. Yeah. Retina right. scan. They do okay. the retina scan, and they're arrested for trying to right. pass without without you valid. You have to retina. get to the retina scan. You have to get to the retina scan first. Just an idea. I, I'm just spitballing um, here. The um, um it, w- we've been doing this an hour, Mickey. Isn't it a little weird that um, Putin Putin has attacked Navalny? Am I getting these names uh, right? 
I believe so. And yes, attack is a fair um, word for being for being too anti-immigrant and for for uh, not being cosmopolitan enough and welcoming people into mighty Russia, and perhaps not coincidentally. Amnesty International withdrew Navalny's prisoner of conscience designation, which was bizarre. Because uh, of his and I'm wondering if, nationalist... I, I'm wondering if they're connected. I'm wondering if the 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 skepticism about migration into the USSR rubbed Amnesty the wrong way, so that they, uh, with which clearly they shouldn't have done, withdraw the prisoner of conscience thing. No, my, my impression was that his highly nationalist phase was in the past, at least in terms of his expressions, Navalny, I mean, his his expressions of nationalism and anti-immigrant uh, sentiment, I thought those were pretty far in the past. And I didn't realize that Putin himself was making a big issue of this. But maybe... I mean, he gave a news conference. I don't know if he... I don't know if, if that's making a big issue. But... Uh, yeah, so... Probably. Um, and I have something to say about Gavin Newsom. Yeah, your governor, your governor. Like he's a, he's under increasing duress, right? They're sick of him. Well, I think the duress is overstated. I mean, I do think they're going to get the signatures to put him on the ballot, uh, which, in a recall, which is this weird thing where, you know, first you vote, should Gareth and Newsom be removed? And then the same day you vote for a list of potential successors. So if he's removed, the successor immediately takes office. But uh, it's closer than I thought. But I think they'll get that on the ballot. But I think he'll win. I don't think, I don't think there's any, you know, with our Arnold Schwarzenegger waiting in the wings to make it appealing to get rid of Newsom, I don't think he's done badly enough to to lose that election in a Democratic state like California. So Arnold's Arnold's uh, post January six video didn't catapult him back to the center stage of uh, California politics. I don't can I don't think Schwarzenegger can run again. Uh. If Schwarzenegger ran again, that might not be a terrible idea. It was idea. a good video. Did you see um, it? I saw one about Crystal Knox. Yeah, yeah. That's Arnold, a, that's wrong, Arnold. That's sort of now, overdoing wait, did it, he isn't it? Grow up in Germany or Austria? Austria. Uh-huh. That reminds me. But, um, you know, one thing. I, I, I guess I'll save this for the parent. But I finally finished listening to the Rise and Fall of the Third Reich. It was a long, it was um, a long process. Uh, okay, congratulations. But I want to talk about that a little. And, you know, it's, it's, um, it's like, the, there are compares, I, like, I don't want to say Trump is Hitler, but their, psych, their psychologies are not entirely dissimilar. I have a man named Ron Rosenbaum you should talk to. Did he, did he write uh, about, no, did he write about the, the Trump thing? He wrote about the Trump-Hitler Similarity. Yeah, but he was probably talking about like the authoritarianism or something. That's not that's not quite my thing. Yes. Okay. We can talk about that. That's a good good topic. No, I just wanted to inveigh against the cheap Republican strategy of latching on a school closing as as your issue, because I mean that's one of the issues against Newsom is oh the school closings are going slowly, uh, because it it first it's going to disappear. I mean, the schools are eventually going to be open, and then you don't have an issue. But then what does the Republican stand for, right? The second, uh, so as Dave Weigel pointed out, it's time limited, okay? The second thing is, it's a vague slogan that prevents you from talking about the real issues, which in California's case are crime, 
And in the national issue is, uh, 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 you know, is probably immigration. Yeah, but they got that covered. Uh, Haven't you heard them say Joe Biden is for open borders and closed schools? So there's synergy there. It's win-win between those two issues, Mickey. Rhetorical win-win. I I, I just I, I would drop the second half. I um I don't know. I don't know. It it it, it seems you, it, you would just say that's, Joe Biden that's is a lot, for open borders. That's a lot better than saying he's a socialist, which is the hack, incredibly hack, Karl Rove tactic they tried in Georgia, which didn't work at all. But um. Uh, I, I don't know, you know, here in California, it's not going to be open borders and closed schools. It's going to be just closed schools. And uh, Wait, California has a border with Mexico. That. What do you mean? But we it's it's pretty the voters are pretty. Uh, they're aware that California does not set immigration policy. So uh, I don't oh, I think see. anybody I, campaigns I on immigration in California. OK, so right. OK, uh, it's a federal government thing. Uh, I mean, they say it. I mean, Brown and Newsom say I want to rip down the wall, but. But they know they have people know they have no power to rip down the wall. So, uh, you know, um, uh, I don't know. I just think it, 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 consultants like these issues that steer them away from immigration and to some extent anti-China posturing mm-hmm. because their donors actually like immigration and like China. So they want a vague slogan that fudge that doesn't touch on the real issues. And I think schools are one of them. But I don't have kids, so the people with kids are batshit about the school. They really are, man. I mean, I have kids, but since they're out of school... No. We should have a cage match between the open schools people and the transgender activists to see who's more... And if they were kids, <laughs> they could be kids in cages having the cage match. Maybe that should that there's your there's your solution to the school crisis. Cage matches involving kids. <laughs> no, don't put them in schools. Put them in cages. Never mind. You're four Terrible for four, idea. Mickey. Um, this is this podcast is only getting better. I uh, four for four and bad jokes are no, being canceled. No, uh, maybe seized I'll just be, cancellation opportunities. I'll, I'll be I'll be I'll be um four for I'll be canceled for making bad jokes. No, no, no. Um, and the final thing I have down is, uh, it's hard to defend international institutions when your two big examples are the WHO, which has been a disaster and the European Union, which with vaccines has been a disaster. Yeah. The vaccine thing is Uh, really, is really being seized on by some Brexiteers as vindication. Britain, Britain is in better shape vaccine wise than the European Union. Well, it, it, yeah, they've been in better shape than us too. I mean, it's just, but the um, the the EU is just a, a totally fumbling it, and I think it's because they have you know bureaucrats representing undemocratically representing various member states whose interests have to be adjusted, move a whole lot more slowly than uh, a single nation state. Probably, yeah. I, I'm actually not sure. I haven't looked into it. It's a good question why why the EU is in trouble. I, d- does it have partly to do with where the companies were located that actually came up with the vaccines? Now, at least one of them has a German partner, right? right. The Pfizer is it the Pfizer vaccine that's half German? Yeah. Um. So. But but uh, I, I. And I don't think Britain is is big on the Moderna Pfizer vaccines, which seem to be the best, right? Aren't they getting the uh, 
I think they're getting the Astra, AstraZeneca. AstraZeneca. But um, the um, I don't know. I saw something about it. It just it mentioned that they'd bought doses, but they'd bought way too few. And yeah, and I and I I, I don't quite understand. No, why. and I think probably uh, the German government is is under fire because they probably could have done more at the national level in principle, and they they kind of uh, deferred to the EU. I don't know, but uh, that may not be true. It would, I, it would be good if it was for some complicated regulations revolving around equity. But I'm sure Boris Johnson was still covering the European Union for a British newspaper. That is the way this would be written up. He would um, find a way to say that. Do, okay. Um, I thought you were going to say that international organizations aren't supposed to be democratic. They're supposed to represent the self-interest of the various nation states and they're a better way of resolving things than having World War III. Well, there's not really a necessarily a conflict between those. I, I mean, international institutions should be used uh, in the name of in the enlightened self-interest of nations. That's why nations cooperate. Uh, but should we expect them to be democratic in any sense? That's the well, I mean... As a realistic matter, you should probably expect the most powerful nations to exert the most influence, especially powerful nations which are willing to help give financial support to those institutions. That's probably the way it's going to work in the real world. It's like uh, in America, democracy would be nice. But let's face it, rich voters have a lot more influence than poor voters. That, uh, rich voters have a lot less influence on the election than China has on the WHO. That's for sure. Well, but that's not the, I mean, a single rich voter, of course, but that's a ridiculous comparison. I mean, I mean, um, you know, to, uh, to, you know, a single rich voter to the United States is not as China is to the world, right? I mean, uh, I would say even the plutocratic class has less influence. Well, it's, but that's partly because it's not united, uh, ideologically. If it were united ideologically, if it if it were unified and cohesive the way China's government is, uh, it would be ball game. That would be it. You know, I mean, it's true. It's not. I I disagree. We because we have a system of one man one vote, and the WHO does not have a system of one man one vote. Uh, well, I mean, no, it doesn't. Uh, you know, I, I mean, look. I think the UN is better like it, than they, nothing. Uh, I would like to. Would, I would like to see power distributed more evenly, um, and just less archaically. I mean, you know, uh, the idea of like France being one of the five most powerful nations at the at the UN is kind of silly. But uh, but I think it's better than nothing. International governance is in a very early stage of its evolution. Uh, the United States at a comparable stage, uh, didn't let people who didn't own land vote, didn't let non-white people vote, didn't let non-male people vote. Um, you know, things evolve. Um, that's a better answer. Uh, thank you. I'm, I'll have it at, at hand next time. So we should go, uh, in <laughs> okay. the parrot room, Mickey, which, by the way, since you're not going to seize this opportunity to say this, Although I did put you in charge of a pair room marketing. It does, doesn't seem to have really clicked. Uh, Patreon. Doc, it's What's growing. 
Getting more recognition every day. It's growing. Oh, we blew through the 750 threshold, right? The 750 anyway, page. Anyway, go ahead. Okay. <laughs> go ahead. Anyway, patreon.com slash parrot room is where people can sign up for the parrot room. Uh, in the parrot room, I would like to talk about the aforementioned Rise and Fall of Third Right, Tiger Woods. Um, you know, uh, there's been a new N-word controversy. It's late. I'd like oh, to talk yeah. about that. We can talk um, about that. The uh, I want to right now. Actually, I want to mention uh, uh, a piece by Michael Powell. Uh, you know, because it's it's easy to lapse into this. Uh, you know, kind of New York Times is uh, controlled by woke mobs uh, trope. Um, it's worth pointing out that that uh, Michael Powell is doing very interesting work that defies that stereotype. He wrote this piece about Smith College. Right, and and it was so it was so well done that people thought people didn't recognize the uh, how nasty it was. Yes, uh, I wouldn't say he's mad. I think he's very fair minded. The interesting thing about him is he is a true man of the left. I mean, he really is. I've been following him for years. I had him, you know, he was a sports writer at the Times. I had him on my show right. to talk about his book about uh, high school basketball on the Navajo uh, reservation called uh, Canyon Dreams. And he, he's like a lefty, and, and it has always come through uh, in his tweets, but um, I, I don't mean necessarily far left, but, but a, true, a true progressive sensibility. Um, but he's just, he's just an honest journalist, and, and, uh, and, and, and he's independent-minded enough uh, not to uh, turn over his, you know, his ideology to woke mobs or any other mobs and so and so he he does he does and and this is kind of becoming his beat i think yeah i think it is his beat he and nelly bowles are the two yeah but see she is conservative i think okay but when the mob comes for them we'll know the times is over well they'll come for her before they come for him if there's any justice in the world although she's she's good i mean she's she's a very entertaining writer just her just her kind of sharp satirical or 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 kind of uh Lightheartedly critical she, stuff about Silicon Valley culture has has always been good. She she had some uh, tart, uh, cynical, ironic take on Mr. Potato. I bet Head, she did, but but I I couldn't follow it. It was so it was so it was, uh, about how she always she always got her gender cues from Mr. Potato. Head. But beyond that, uh, well, she I, is. I think she I didn't pretend to understand. I think she it. is. Gay, if that's the right word. But the great thing about her is she won't hold me hold it against me if it's the wrong word, right? Well, she might hold this against you. You know her. her I her told lover. you this on a past podcast. This okay. you heard this from okay. me. You heard this okay. from me, and the answer is so very he, wise. Um, but hey, I don't judge. I don't judge. Uh, anyway, um, <laughs> so. Before Bob joins I Mickey in cancellation scream. purgatory, I think we should call this to an end. Uh, oh, oh, also, people should rate and review the Right Show podcast, which this is part of. And they should uh, subscribe to Mickey's newsletter, Cows Files, which, in case you haven't heard enough about the perils of uh, non-workfare welfare, uh, features uh, uh, some opinions about it in the most recent issue, I think. It's not... It- yeah, it's 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 creating a whole new dole, one hundred twenty billion dollars 
giving people $11,000 a year whether they That's work or saying. not. If That's they what I'm saying. Kids. It's compelling reading in the latest issue of Cal's Files on Substack. Uh, thank you. My pleasure. Uh, so I'll see you in the parrot, uh, parrot room. Uh, you're reaching for the parrot. I don't. I don't want to press the stop button. I'm reaching for my parrot. Get a firm grip on your parrot, Mickey. <laughs> parrot is firmly in hand. <laughs> Never gets old. <laughs>